Oh man, it's so good to be here. And everybody's wondering, I wonder why his body is sore. <laughs> and it was it wasn't a street fight. I, I went I went um it was an enduro ride with Yaku yesterday, my first ride in like twenty years. It was like a ninety kilometer circuit <laughs> and it's, and, it's, and I only got yeah ish. Um yeah, for Yaku it was like this was like you know, warm up lap. <laughs> it was like it was it was proper. Uh, that's why I didn't go down, down low this morning as low as I could because <laughs> I might not be able to get back up. <laughs> and then when I preach, no one can see me. Uh, well, no, it was fun. So it's self-inflicted. I'm okay. <laughs> um, no anti-inflammatories. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks, Kev. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, man, I am excited to share this morning. But first, yeah, Winston, Nicole, Mom. Yes, he has lucky to see some familiar faces all the way from City Bowl. Um, I don't know if there's any other Josh Jenners from other con- uh, congregations. I just know about them. Uh, of course, thank you, locals. Um, yeah, no, but so like, and again, you know, everyone here is visiting and just you know, checking us out this morning. Man, welcome, and I really hope you are, have, have already been blessed. Um, as, as Kevin said, you know, we, man, we're not perfect, um, and, and we don't hear perfectly, we don't see perfectly. We follow the perfect one, and, and we really want to be Holy Spirit-led. What, what, is, what is the Holy Spirit doing? What is, what is God doing in us, with us now, you know, we don't know the future. We know, we know bits of it. We know the end of it, you know, which is good. But we don't know all of it. So we want to we wanna follow him. And yes, I just want to say, Albert, in the worship team, like, thank you for your, just your commitment and your faithfulness. And I mean, you had no idea what I was going to talk about this morning. But man, from the first song, um, it's just been spot on. And, and I love it how the Holy Spirit works. I don't know if you pray and fast or is it just fast and for, you know, but just just hearing God on it. And I was going to say, I don't know even if it's intentional, but I just love how, how you know, how, how God works. Um, so no pressure. It's like you just keep doing what you do, but love it. And, but thanks for serving us in that, in that way and leading us into his presence. And yeah, so my, my, the title, if there's a title, it's something we, we uh, tell the boys often to do. <laughs> or not to do, but you know, we remind them. We say, sharing is caring. You know that one. If you've got kids, you've got more than one. <laughs> sharing is caring um, is a big one because... You know, kids are, you don't have to teach them how to do wrong. They just do that naturally. It's teaching them the right stuff, and sharing does not come naturally. Um, so, yeah. So, what is sharing is caring. Now, that might give you kind of a hint and an indication, but I thought, you know, in the backdrop of everything that's been ha- happening, just what God is doing in us and through us, and even in the greater Josh Jen, you know, Jonathan Conrath, and all it's doing is shining a light again on God's love for the world and for each one, and how our, all of our journey started, as well as, this, you know, locally, the spiritual gifts, what has God deposited and given to each one of us freely, and, you know, how to use that, and, and um, yeah, I just had in my heart, like, you see, Lord, where, what's next? Like, we don't want to move on too fast, we want to be faithful with the truths that we have and the lives that we should be living, but, you know, what, what's kind of next, what is, what is next? Um, and so I wanted to start, just, just like, the first thing was, like, what do we know about God? Like, we just sit back and like, think about what we know as Christians. And I'm mostly speaking probably to Christians this morning, and maybe you've heard the gospel or something like that. But for me, John 3.16 just pops up. What do we know about Him? That He loves us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whomever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, there's probably no one in this setting that has not heard this verse. 
but the lens of God's character, love. Isn't that just beautiful? And just this morning to be reminded of that, that God is love. This, this we know about Him. The other thing we know is that He wants us. He pursues us. I think that also came out this morning. God pursues us in the prayer meeting. He pursues us. He is love. He loves us. He wants to save us. Many of us, probably most of us, He saved. But also He wants to save everybody. You know what? He wants eternal life with us. He wants forevermore with us. He created us for His good pleasure. And we don't deserve it, but He just lavishes all these things on us. And there's an eternity waiting. But that's just, and look, there's lots we can say about God. But I wanted to just highlight that this morning. We know His love for us. And He's proved it. He showed it. The question that I have for myself is like, what is the most important thing a person then can do with this knowledge? But now that I know that, and again, I'm speaking as a Christian, and this question actually came up. I think it was a lawyer asking Jesus, trying to kind of corner and stuff. It's like, what kind of what's the you know, most important commandment then? In Mark 12, 29, 31, it says, And Jesus answered, The most important is, and here, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one, meaning there's no two ways about this. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. God gave everything for us. And He's God. So one of the things for us as Christians, man, this is kind of a, like a goal. This is what we want to do. We want to love Him with all we have. That should be the thing. And I know it's not like that always. <laughs> but isn't this the thing? It's, it's kind of a reciprocation. He's given everything. Like, and there it is. And Jesus said, this, you're right. This is the biggest one. So you love me with everything. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Sure. So the one thing is like just accepting God's love and loving Him with all we have. But then the big one is wanting the same thing for everybody else. And this for me is the core of the message this morning about sharing is caring. He loves us. We've experienced that. We are now His. Weird noises in the back. I'm sure they'll take care of it, so don't worry. It's perfect timing. Just so we can focus on this point again. This love shared abroad in our lives, in our hearts, we have it. What is the best thing we can do in response? Is it not that others should have exactly the same that we have? Which means we share with them. We introduce them. And this brings us perfectly to the very thing that Jesus left his disciples with. And again, this morning is probably nothing new, but remember the title of sharing is caring. But Matthew 28, what did Jesus leave his disciples with just before he left? He died, he rose, he appeared to many just before he left. And you know how you've heard this again too. It's probably the most important stuff that's now coming, just before someone is leaving. Like when you leave your wife for a couple of weeks, you know, you're going to show baby, I love you. You're going to make sure that she knows that you love her and the kids and the cats and the dogs and everything else that, you know, you appreciate. You know, because you just never know. But also you love them. You want them to know that. And Jesus said this in Matthew 28, 19 to 20. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Okay. We'll get back to that. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
This is to his disciples and those around. Very simple, very clear. Question is, what is the Great Commission? Okay, that's what we call it. But do you think, what was the purpose of Jesus sharing this with his disciples? If you look at the word commission, what we use, it's a mandate, it's a duty, it's an instruction, it's a responsibility. And I think if I look at my own life, and I look at many other Christians' lives, how many do you know, let's, let's take it to someone else, how many do you know that is devoted to this, to going, making disciples? Just in the neighborhood, just with the circle of family and friends, maybe at work, maybe the nations, how many do you know? And this for me was convicting, I'm not going to lie. And I'm preaching this because I feel like, Lord, sure, this is, this is what you're doing in me. This is what you're doing in us. This is what you've been doing since the beginning. This is the very last words you left us with. Go, make disciples. This is not a suggestion, guys. I have miserably failed myself in this. I'm sad to say. And maybe one or two of you feel the same. But this kind of broke my heart. It's like, you see, how, how can I just live my life like I do? Loving it. I'm not going to lie. I'm loving it. Loving my church, my family. You know, this beautiful area. The, like, the life we get to live. I'm healthy. You know, COVID almost took me on. You know, Jesus said, no. You need to go do the Great Commission. You know, maybe it's still that. It's, I always say, if you, have, if you woke up this morning, you have breath in your lungs, God still have, you know, has purpose for you and for me. Otherwise, he would have taken us. So there should be no question in any one of our minds as Christians. What do we do? What, what is my purpose? Here it is. You want to do something as a Christian? You have nothing to do? This is it. This is all of us. This is not Jonathan Conrath. This is not just the elders and the pastors of the church or the people with the gifts of the... No, this is not a no. This is everyone. This is the highest calling that we've been called to, in my opinion. And this, by going, God extends his offer of love to the whole world. Isn't that beautiful that we can be a part of this? By us going, Him sending us, He extends the offer of love and forgiveness and, 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 and to the world through me and you. That's insane. We get to do this. But every believer is called to action and every person on earth is to be reached. This is not for elect few. That's, we heard it from John 3.16. He loved the whole world so much, He said in His Son. It's not a select few. It's not just for us. It's not a holy huddle. But then the question is, well, hold on. Okay, okay, sure, I hear you, but this is actually making disciples. I'm not exactly sure what that, that means. You didn't say preach the gospel there. Okay, well, let's look into that. Great question. Okay, because it does say that, right? Last words, we want to make, we want to make sure that we, we, we get this and do this. So what's the meaning of the disciple? Probably heard this. We all have. It's being a devoted learner, a follower, and an imitator of Jesus Christ. Any perfect disciples in here? Good. Any disciples that are not perfect yet in here? A couple more, right? <laughs> it's perfect. Guys, we are not perfect. We ain't perfect, and I'm going to get back to that too. We don't have to be. We're not called ultimately to be perfect. We should strive. Yes, we should want that. We should want to look like Him and be like Him and grow, and that's a process. But man, it's not perfection day one. Not at all. Okay, so disciple. It involves an ongoing journey of growth, transformation, and obedience to his teachings. So with the ultimate goal of becoming more like him, just what I said. Right? That's a journey. 
So if that's what a disciple is, how did they get there? How do we become a disciple? We just wake up this one morning and say, I'm going to be a disciple. Do we? Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, He is Jesus. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Interesting language there. I haven't looked that up at us. We're probably not going to preach it to plants and animals and stuff. They can't respond. But isn't that like everything all-inclusive? No one left out? And he said it to them, us, his followers, his disciples. This is what it means to be a disciple. This is part of what it is. His teachings, his life mimicked in us, through us. Guys, I hope this is challenging because I am so severely challenged. We are so comfortable in our holy huddles. And I say it respectfully. I love our family. We should love because God loved us and he wants us to be one. But it doesn't stop there. And I think that is the point. It's, it's about sharing what we have. It's about going to all the world. Romans 10, 14 to 15. It says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Those who haven't believed in him, who haven't heard of him, how shall, how shall they get to know? How shall they get to believe? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Simple trans, you know, uh, progression here. And the very first song, remember the, the lyrics about give us? Give us the nations, give us people, give us the unsaved. Whew, challenging singing that. Unless it's really our desire. Isn't it? But it comes down to you and me. How will they know unless someone preaches. Guys, we need to share the gospel. We need to be speaking. We need to be living this. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. That's what Paul writes. That's what motivated him. That's what drove him. God called him as an apostle, you know, to the Gentiles. To do What? Preach the gospel. Make disciples, right? Teach them, baptize them, show them the way. But again, it doesn't stop there. Discipleship is this continuous cycle until we reach heaven. Until we are with him. Why? The whole earth needs to know this. Everyone in creation needs to hear it and to get it. And it spreads through us. It is us that needs to live this. Does that make sense thus far? Man, I don't want to, yeah, um, thank you, thank you. And I hope it does, and again, it's not, it's not condemnation, it's man, it's conviction. For me, it's just conviction. It's thought, what have I been doing? What have we been doing? We pray for these things, and that's good, we should. We should pray. But what should we do now, now that we've prayed? And I actually want to go through, what is the gospel? Because that's the next thing. We should preach the gospel. We should go ahead and do it. What is it? And just in the last you know, week or two or three, we probably know this better than ever before. But let me, let me just cover. For if you have any questions about this, let's quickly go through it. It says, and we always start with God. Okay? In fact, I'm gonna, let me do this last. I'm going to do this last. Question that I have now that we've kind of introed there. 
Because why don't Christians share the gospel? Because the nuts and the bolts. This is hard. It's hard. Because in, in, in saying worship like this morning, it's just so incredible to be in God's presence and to be touched and, you know, and to be, I don't know about you, but you just feel different. Um, so why, if we have all of this, don't we share the gospel? Why don't we, why don't we do it? Just a couple of things that I want to suggest. And then with the one yeah, that hit me the hardest last, it's a, let's say the f- first one, fear. Fear of rejection and conflict. It's a lack of confidence of knowledge. You know, what is the gospel again? You know, how do I share it? Where are all the verses? What exactly? You know, all of that. Or just what are people going to think? Sure, family, friends. Some people know me. They know my life's like, oh my word, I can't. You know? And that's probably the, yeah, one of the big ones. But again, we're not pointing people to us. We're pointing them to the perfect one, right? So it's not about us. It's probably another good point. It's all about us. That's why we can't share. Maybe we think about the cultural and the social pressures that's around us. Oh, everything is so sensitive. You know, everybody's offended about everything. Like, whatever, man. You know, someone once said, what are you going to... You can't chase people to hell number two. They're either going to heaven or they're not. And the alternative is terrible. It honestly is terrible. So there's no, no loss in sharing the gospel. Maybe it's busyness and distractions. Maybe there's too many cars in the yard trying to sell. Preaching to me. Too busy with fixing this, that, and the other. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's you know, juggling two jobs. Wifey. Big, aim, big silent amen here from the front. Um, whatever the business is. Maybe it's your fitness. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. It's a distraction. Is that just keeping us busy? Maybe it's the lack of relational connections. It's just church, home, pick and pay, 60-60. Uh, maybe there's no people in your friend, circle of friendships. Maybe it's only Christians that you see all the time and it's only all we have. And often, often, you know, often as a pastor and elder stuff, that can happen. Maybe we just hope you're just so busy with Christians all the time. But that's a bad excuse. So what did Jesus say? Maybe we still have our, so many personal spiritual struggles, doubts, dryness, you know, spiritual dryness, unresolved questions, etc., etc. So we just, we, we're just so busy with our own struggle, we, just, we don't get to share any other goodness. Sorry. You know, digging that hole of self-pity. and Again, it's just me, me, me. It's actually just me, me, me. And I'm going to take it to Jesus. <laughs> He's going to take that away. And then what? Now I'm going to have to go out? I'm going to have to go? No, let's rather just sit in this pretty body over here. I mean, that's much easier. It's like, oh, thank you. It's Albert can go because he sorted. You know, raised three people from the dead. And, you know, I mean, this guy's on fire. Let him do that thing. But I'm still struggling, man. Yeah, see, I still just, I, I'm, not, I'm not there. Class, classic tactics. Holy tactics. Christian. Again, we're all there. I'm saying this because, I mean, I know it's true. <laughs> I know it's true. Get religious spirit. We are too busy doing God's work, guys. And it's not that. It's all the other stuff. It's packing chairs. It's you know, taking, you know, it's, it's doing what the Bible says. It's taking food to the you know, people that are hungry, clothing, and all those things. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm so busy doing stuff that I've lost the relationship. Or perhaps it's the love and the friendship with Christ that has gone cold. Sean, this for me hit the hardest. Like, you know, wouldn't you think there's something wrong if Esther and I, married 10 years, love of my love, love of my youth, 
you know? If you meet us for the first time, and I do, I, you know what, you see it, my love. I mean, care, I never talk about her or to her in front of you. And that'd, be, that'd be weird. It's like, there is something wrong over here. It's like marriage counseling is going to happen right now. Look <laughs> at the guys, you got to sort this out. But, but seriously, like if you don't talk about the one that you love, and she's not perfect and I'm not perfect, but isn't there something wrong? Now, similarly, I mean, let's be honest, we've all agreed. Light of the world, Savior, King, coming again. We saved light, darkness, all these things. We can quote the Bible back to front, upside down, inside out. It's amazing with our friends that are Christian. It's like, yeah? Where does it say this? It's there. And we know the verse. It's crazy. Confidence, brimming, mostly. Because it's such a safe environment. But there's ravenous wolves out there, man. Let us not. Let us, hey, you dare. Sh- silence of the lambs. Okay? Literally. The lambs, the sheep. You know, the, silence of the lambs when we walk out of there. That's how we don't reach the world. Hide and seek. But I'm so good. I'm hiding in this whole list of things. You'll never find me. No open air services. Thank you. <laughs> That's some lack of memories. We hit that curb. <laughs> I don't know if, who's that an open air service? You go with a couple of chummies. Yay, sister girl. I am telling you. And maybe that's, maybe that's why, also maybe another reason we've been, we've been a little bit, um, I almost said scarred, but it's not the right word because you know what? Even those people got to know Jesus. They saw his healing power. People just going out, making themselves pawpaws, like literally being ridiculed, being sweared at, cast out, you name it, whatever. But you go and you preach the gospel. That's one way of doing it. I'm not saying this is the only way. You know, there's, there's that. There's a gazillion other ways, and we'll actually get there. But back to the scenario of me not talking about the love of my wife, uh, life. Because the love of my wife is me. <laughs> and I would feel terrible if, if, if I was just ignoring the conversation. There we are, you know, and like, never, nothing. What? Not good. And I want to tell you a little story that hopefully colors this in. So I was in the UK in 1995. Uh, and how I got there was in a, we, I'm in um, a Sunday service, evening, Sunningdale, a couple of years back. And Mona van der Maver still lived. He was a guy, uh, one of the elders, massive guy, played professional rugby overseas and stuff, as strong as an ox. In any case, he's preaching. doesn't normally preach. So he got a couple of guys to just come and share some testimonies of famous people that they've met. Like Madiba, you know, the one girl came up and said, oh, and I was in this charity and this happened. And Nelson Mandela, oh, ask a couple of questions. Cool. And then so and so, and I was like last in line. I'm waiting. I also met some, you know, I met some famous people. And this famous person that I met, so I tell the story. So I go up and I'm about to share, grab the mic. And I was like, yes, you guys, in 95, I'm waiting in Garfunkel. This is all true. This is a true story. I'm a waiter at Garfunkel's. It's the uh, boarding lounge in uh, Heathrow Airport. Um, and some of our customers walk in and say, oh, my goodness, who's there? W.H. Smith, a little bookshop, just, you know, like 500 meters or 300 meters down the, the corridor. Elizabeth Hurley is there. Ah! Yeah, you know, Elizabeth Hurley, you know Elizabeth Hurley. Beautiful. Um, what's, the, what's, his, what's the guy? Hugh Grant. You know, they had a little thingy. In any case, it was hot in the news. That's a long time ago, guys. Sorry. Maybe half the... In any case, very, like... Yeah, model, I think actor, blah, blah, like big name back then. 
Okay? Okay, give my age away. Uh, I'm talking about Elvis. <laughs> okay, but almost that famous. Okay, but <laughs> any case, I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, really? Liz Hurley. My manager says, come, let's go check it out. I'm like, okay. Now, bear in mind, I'm 19 years, 18. I just turned 19, man. I am shy. I've never done nothing. I'm super shy. And I'm, I walk, and I'm at my Garfunkel's, like, weird outfit, patched money bag, moon bag with my coins in. Hot baby. Uh, anyway, so here we, we're marching down the corner. As we walk down, I said, oh, there's a whole crowd of people, like, looking into his shop. Anyway, so we can, uh, luckily, luckily, I'm tall, so I'm like, oh, well, there she is. But there's probably about a good old 20 people, you know, in front of the shop. And I'm like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, and I'm just, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. There's <laughs> photographers and stuff, it's like those massive flashlights. One, oh, excuse me, excuse me. So I walk through the crowd. My manager is just like, ah. I just go. So now I walk. Now I know she's over there, and I quickly walk. Not a big shop, it's probably the size of this. I walk down this aisle quickly. Nothing to buy. Okay, check. Oh, and she's kneeling over there next to the magazine shelf. So I check. Uh, oh, no, I won't take that magazine. That's very expensive. Anyway, she gets up and she walks to the till point, and I walk and I grab a packet of chips and a coke. Clunk, nice and, you know. Carbo load, I'm going to need this. So now I'm behind in the queue. She's right there, massive fur coat, like huge fur coat. Not very, you know, on high heels, big black uh, briefcase. Um, like, you know, I, I, I mean, look, I've never had a girlfriend. I don't know why I did this. I honestly don't know why. I did. I'm not bold and brave. I was like a super introvert. So this was even hectic for me. So now I'm standing right behind her, and there's one person in front of her, and then there's the 20-odd people outside and cameras and just, I mean, the guys are going boss. In any case, and my manager, I could just see, oh, my word, what are you doing? <laughs> okay, so I'm, <laughs> so I'm right behind her, and I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to say? Well, I just want to tap on the shoulder. Okay, what am I going to say? This is, man, this is my opportunity. You know, Liz, um, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe she just took you back. Oh, okay, tap on the shoulder. I'm just gonna say, yes, he lives. I just want to say, Rian, South African, uh, well done. You know, everybody deserves a second chance. And, um, you know, and you did that. Well done. I just want to say, as a little guy from well done. That's, <laughs> any case. So while I'm still thinking, the person, now she's in front, and she very ladylike opens this huge black doctor's briefcase. And I'm like, what's in there? Um, <laughs> But I couldn't see anything. It was really dark down there. And he got some money. Listen for the accent. Oh, the accent. This British. You know, the British wife. Got a British wife, maybe. Um, anyway, so, so <laughs> she pays. And I, you know, I'm going to be next. And as she turns the paparazzi over there. You know, I'm just in the background. Hey, how's it? Like, <laughs> like she is, I was such a poor boy. It was crazy. I don't know what. I don't know what went through my mind. In any case, so, um, <laughs> so she left, and, and for the next week, I bought the newspapers like every single day. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not a waiter's man, you know, on a <laughs> salary. And there was no picture of me in the background, nor of her. I'm like, what kind of a place is this? You know, I took pictures and they don't publish it. This is crazy. In any case, so bear in mind, I, here I am in the Sunday congregation with a mic. I've just told the story, and more is like, So, Rian, let me just get this. Um, you didn't really meet Liz, eh? And it dawns on me, oh, my word. I was so smitten by this whole thing. I never met her. I mean, but this thing was so real. And I'm, I'm so, so sorry. Yes, and I went to go sit down. And, I mean, the people just laughed, eh, yesterday. 
I felt so horrible because that was not what his preach was. I mean, and I just had to think about it. It was so, it was so vivid in my memory, that whole experience. I think, you know, how I was sucked into that whole, and it was so counter, you know, me. Yo, but I never actually met her. I still haven't met any famous people. This is as close as I got. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to lie, this is the story that, that I thought of when, when I thought of like sharing the gospel or living out this like I don't know, sorry, this is like a transition, but do, do you see the, the parallel here is we know so much about Jesus. We've experienced so much. We've heard it. We've, it we're so close to it. Why don't we share that? How do we not share that? That's the next step. We have all of this. Isn't this? I mean, that was just insane. I should have just tapped on the shoulder and I could have said, hey, I met her. And for me, this is the kind of the key that unlocks it for all of us, guys. Unless we actually go, unless we open our mouths, unless we actually start caring, we're not going to be sharing. We can have so many stories, so many testimonies, so many things. It's not about us. It's about God's goodness, His kindness. We can have real stories. But guys, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to, as I said, that thing for me was so real. It was like a vapor. But let our relationship with Jesus not be like that. Let us just not know all these things and have heard these things. Let it be real. Because you know what? If it's real, how are you going to share that? If my relationship is real, how would I share that? I'm not going to be ashamed. Is my wife perfect? So close. I mean, there's perfection. Like, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Guys, what I'm saying is, relax. We don't have to be perfect. We're on a journey. But there's people on way, on their way right now to hell. They're going to burn forever. They're going to be separated from God. It's not a... As much as Jesus, and we're going, to hear, we're going to hear the gospel, guys, there's only two options. Only two types of people. This is something you can use when you're in an elevator for a short period of time with someone. You say, hey, sorry, did you know there's only two types of people? Huh? No, four, five, eh? While you're in the escalator, yeah. Those that are saved and those that are about to get saved, which one are you? <laughs> That's a nice line, isn't it? You only have like 10 seconds to speak to someone about the gospel. Man, I hope I'm making the point clear. Man, we shouldn't hold back. We, I'm guilty. I'm sure, I'm sure there's others that are guilty too. Of having these stories of famous people that they almost met. And we actually have met him. And we can share with so much conviction, so much love, so much passion. So what's the cure here? How do we start sharing? How do we do this? I think for me, first and foremost, if we're not close, it's difficult to be happy and be joyous and just it's flowing. Like honestly, like if you're married or you're in a relationship when things are tight, man, the world can't be a better place. It is just amazing. Colors are brighter, you know. The dog barking is sweeter. Uh, you know, like all, like life is just, but that's the secret. John 15, in the vine. Boop, abide in the vine. Let us stay in that sweet spot. Guys, without a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, we're not going to share. We're not going to live the life. It's not. It's not going to be real. So we're not going to be sharing it. 
So can we just do that one thing? Let's be intimate with him. Stay close. And then you know what? Like a good handbag, wallet, specs. That's a very poor analogy. But why don't we just take Jesus everywhere we go? Let, we, let us involve him in everything we do. He was with us on the motocross yesterday. It was amazing. I mean, I had a fall. It was spectacular. You know, I looked like a sponsored athlete beforehand because it was like the money. I even joked like, yo. I mean, rather brand new stuff. I bought it, a kit from a guy for chips and I, I stood there like a sponsored athlete. And I'm like, yes, bro, this is way too, this is like brand new. You should fall down and just get some dirt on that stuff. And then I did. Um, what I'm saying is Jesus was there. You know how insane this was? Like 400. Yaku, how many bikers were people? Four, five hundred people in total? So I had this one MC and he was a little bit below the belt, above the belt. And I was like, Oof, okay, if he gets saved, the guy's got, a, you know, he's got an ability to preach. Um, but right at the back, at the end of it all, he said, you know what, actually, guys, uh, Willem, and he let, bring the guy up, I think he's a Germany or something. And Willem just prayed. He just prayed. And I thought to myself, this is not a Christian event at all. <laughs> you know? But the guy got up and they prayed for everybody. Lord, just for your protection. Prachtig Afrikaans dan, Kalidon. But isn't it, like, is this the perfect crowd? No. Was the MC perfect? <laughs> no. But the, I'm just honoring God, bringing God into the event. I was like, wow, wow. As, as Christians, you know, we're like, we've got the truth, man. We've tasted it. We know it. We live like, like Can we just take him with wherever we go? Speak about him? His kindness and his goodness, what he's doing right now, what he's doing for others, and all those things. No shyness. We don't have to be super bold. We just share. I just share about my wife. It's natural. So we talk about him. I'm not forcing anything on anybody. I'm just talking about what Jesus is doing for me in my life. And then the whole Matthew 11, 28 verses and 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I don't know if I gave you that one, Trev. But this is such a beautiful call. You know, we all have friends and family that's going through hell. Hectic times. And so often, how many of us met Jesus in the lowest point of our lives? Just a quick, quick. I see a lot of heads nodding, a lot of hands going up. Guys, it's so true. Because he's near to us. And he says, he's actually it's the invitation. And God knew this would happen. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. Isn't this a message that so many of our friends can do with? People we know, we bumped into drug addicts, you name it, whatever they're going through, it's like, hey, did you know? There's a place that you can have rest for your soul. It means it's a coming to him. He invites you today. It's love. Love comes in first. Okay. So don't be shy. Let's open our mouths. Don't worry about what people's going to say. Okay. We're still going to live, try to live the best life that we can in terms of honoring him and being holy and righteous and so forth. But that is not the qualification. Otherwise, the disciples could never have gone out. Because you know what a bunch of ragamuffins they were. But Jesus said, go. And you know what they came back with? What? People are getting healed. People are, you know, demons are leaving. It's like all of these things are happening. It will also happen. But first things first. Let's share. Because what, what if we don't? What if we don't? I'm not going to answer that question, huh? But what if we don't? What if I don't open my mouth and share? That would be sad. It's like having the cure for cancer for someone 
and I'm not willing to share it. That wouldn't be nice, would it? Someone's going through hell, and there's actually, it's, and it's not an easy ticket out, like, you know, but he'll come. He's been to everything. He can, he can take you through it. So that's where I want to land this, you know, just the message. Remind of what we have because of what he's done and his love is that we all should be reached, we all should be, you know, saved, but also that the rest of the world, but he does it through us. And please, not in weird ways, you know. There's many ways to just share his love, as we mentioned, relationally, whatever it might be. But I want to just, for those that might not have known the gospel, because we talked about this, to make disciples, you've got to share the gospel. To share the gospel, what does it mean? And here's a quick. So if you don't know, if you've never heard the gospel, if you don't know what this thing is all about, and maybe you have, and I want to remind you, and then we'll close. Okay. Are we doing, yeah, 11.26, that's not bad. Huh. <laughs> okay. First thing is God, just what I said, He's love. He created us to have a relationship with Him. We always start with love, guys. This is not, I don't know, some of us were brought, in fact, I gave my heart when I was 12, it was the best preach on hell that I heard. That was unbelievable. I knew I did not want to go there. And there's only one alternative, and I gave my life to Jesus. And thank you. It worked. It was crazy. That message worked. He preached the gospel. Hellfire. Turn or burn. This is, what, this is the destiny that you have. And as a 12-year-old, the convict, I knew it. I knew that even just the thoughts in my mind, the little things, I'm like, I am bound. I don't want it. I thought I was a Christian. I kind of grew up in all of this. But I knew if I die today, Okay? But God is love. That's where we start. He came to save us from that place. Why? The sin that separates us. It brings death. Romans 3.23. So He's love. Okay? He wants to love us. But it says, For all of sin falls short of the glory of God. And then 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. None of us can get past that. We've all sinned. We've all done wrong. And because of that, we separated from him. It's a bit of a conundrum. But fortunately, <laughs> we heard John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he sent his Son. But 2 Corinthians 5.21, it said, for our, sake, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. That's Jesus. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As an exchange. He made him sin. He took our sin upon him. So God made the plan for us to have that relationship and to be with him. It's Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4. For I delivered you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. Paul just sharing. Say, guys, this is, I'm, I'm, this is what happened for me. I'm just sharing that with you. He died for our sins. And then salvation. So now we know Jesus is to have a salvation is the gift from God that we receive through faith in Jesus. But that's when we repent of our sins and we put our trust in Jesus. We are forgiven and reconciled to God. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. Oh, I might. Did I? Romans 10, 9 to 10. So God, oh, okay. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, 
not a result of works, so that no one, no man can boast. Sure, guys, God, he's done it all. He's done it all. There's no pressure on us. That's what Jesus did, and salvation is that. If we put our trust in him, okay? A couple of more verses there, but I just want to jump to the fact that eternal life is, that, is for those that believe in Jesus. That's John 3.36. It says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. So there's a believing. The wrath of God is in all of us unless Jesus takes our place. That's in. The question you might have, guys, that's, that's the gospel. It's God. It's our sin that separates him. It's Jesus that took it upon him. And when we receive, there's eternal life and a life lived with him forever. That is the good news, that you don't have to die in your sin and go to hell and be without him. You might ask, so what do I do to accept? Could I admit that you have sin? 1 John says, if we say we have no sin, we're a liar. And he's not in us. I don't think anybody here would be as bold as to say, I don't have any sin. I think we know it. Lustful thought, coveting anything out there, having, you know, having murderous thought about someone, i.e. hating someone in your mind. All of those things. Oh, like all of that. One thing you've done, Clark, that sin, it separates you. If you can admit that, yes, if you honestly talk to yourself, and you say, yes, I am sin, or I have sinned, and I am a sinner, you've got to admit it. And therefore you need a saviour. And that is to then to believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose again. Yeah, it's just that. It's as simple as that. And then we confess it. We confess our sins before God. And we ask him for that forgiveness. And we actually, I love what Jonathan Conrad also said. And then we go tell the world. We tell everybody that I have found, Jesus found me and he forgave me and he set me free. He's given me a new life. And there's so so much that comes after that, that we've experienced. And for us, it's there. We are there. We are in the place where we can say all of these things have happened. And we should. Okay, let's... But maybe you the person this morning that says, you know, sure, I've never heard the gospel. I didn't realize that my sin is the very thing that keeps me from God. I thought my good works are good enough. But it's not. Because only perfection is good. Good enough. And that's Jesus. So I want to ask you if, you, if you're here and you know, I'm going to ask you to just put up your hand. Why? Because it's a public declaration, like one of the last things, when we confess, when we, you know, there's a, there's a public confession and a display of, this is what I choose. If you've got sin and you want to make right with God, meaning you want to trust and believe in Him, the one who died and arose, you can do this today. Your sins can be blotted out like it never happened. God can look upon you and have a relationship with you because he sees the blood of his son that paid for you. So if there's anybody like that, you want to put up your hand? It's a bold move. But it's a move that says, yes, I realize. It's me. But I want to make it right. You can be saved today. You can get eternity today. Thank you. Thank you for that hand, ma'am. Thank you for that hand. Is there anybody else? 
the word says, like, don't harden your heart when you hear, you know, today. Because tomorrow might never come. Tomorrow might never come. You know, I was five and a half years old. Mom and dad was divorced, so we only saw him a couple of times. This one night, we saw him. I remember, yes, I got 50 cents. Now, back in a long time ago, it was a lot of, man, I bought chips. I can't remember. It was like such a memorable night for me with my dad. And we didn't see him that much, unfortunately, but five and a half, big impact. That was the afternoon. That same evening, uh, I lie. Well, the same evening we get the news, but the next day we found out he's dead. 33 years old, stationary at a set of uh, robots, and a drunk guy came and clapped him from behind, instant. He was just sitting, minding his own business, and his life got cut short. Year today, gone tomorrow. That's what it is. Life is short. It's about a breath. And if you're drowning, that ocean, you're drowning, there's a lifeboat coming right next to you and say, here, you can live. And I want to thank you. Thank you for putting up your hand because Jesus, sure, he's been knocking on your door. And you know, he says, if I knock and you open, I'll come in. He doesn't reject you.